0: Moo, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, line dance song.
1: Hey, Sign Guy Nation, welcome to the show here on another Friday afternoon. Sign Guy along with the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because he is now a talk show host that makes a really, really mean piece of toast. Coach Mike Jones, real fast before we jump into things, if you're looking for some pro wrestling in the next couple of days tonight, WCWO at the Outlaw Arena, 1151 South Kentucky Avenue in Indianapolis, FGW in Hamilton, Ohio, Horror Slam in Taylor, Michigan, NERG in Fairhaven, Massachusetts, Paradigm Pro in Jeffersonville, Indiana at the arena for Two shows today: J.P.W. in Kansas City, Missouri. Tomorrow night, Knox Pro Wrestling in Los Angeles, California. P.P.W. in Bedford, Indiana. A.P.W. in Cincinnati, Ohio. Wrestle South in Lacey Springs, Alabama. F.W.F. in Columbia City, Indiana. I.P.W. in Muncie, Indiana. H.C.W. in Mishawaka, Indiana. Horror Slam returning. And they will be in Brownstown, Charter Township, Michigan. SAPW in Spokane, Washington. BTW in Wayne, West Virginia. ICWA in Russellville, Tennessee. TPW in Rocky Top, Tennessee. HWT in Westville, New Jersey. WCR in Irving, Texas. XVW in Dayton, Ohio. And the AIWF in Lumberton, North Carolina tomorrow. So there's lots out there. Go find yourself a show near you. Support it. But without further ado, our guest today is with us now, a great young competitor. I want to introduce you to Oliver Sawyer. Mr. Sawyer, welcome to the show. We're very pleased that you joined us today. I
2: appreciate it, Thank you guys for having me. Never really done anything like this, so I'm excited.
1: Oh, all right. We are excited to have you. I've been enjoying watching footage of you up on the youtubes and so forth, but since it's your first time with us, I will give you the traditional first timer question to start things. What led okay. to you getting into the business of professional wrestling <clears throat> um
2: I was just uh, really big into Japanese wrestling. Like, I liked WWE and all that, and then once I got into Japanese wrestling, it was – that was it. That was the only thing I did. I just watched wrestling, learned more about wrestling, and so it was only a matter of time after that.
1: Now, when you decide to get into wrestling yourself, did you have – Any background that was going to help you with training, be it uh, previous athletics or martial arts or drama or anything like that? Or was it a completely new experience when you got into training? Yeah,
2: so I I did amateur wrestling for three years in high school. So that was a big advantage starting training, but that was about it.
1: Most professional wrestlers can tell you that there is a major difference between doing cardio training in general and doing cardio training for professional wrestling. There's no substitute really for in-ring wrestling when it comes to the cardio training. It's a different animal than if you just do a Stairmaster or you go out jogging compared to what's needed for professional wrestling at what point in your career if it's happened yet did you realize the difference in the two cardiovascular trainings well
2: so so like i said i did amateur wrestling and so for a while once i started doing professional wrestling i didn't i didn't do any cardio at all i didn't run on a treadmill i we did blow up drills in the ring and stuff. but I didn't do any other type of cardio, and it wasn't um, for a, a long while. Once I started wrestling matches, that my um, my amateur wrestling uh, conditioning sort of died away, and I had to start really uh, focusing on getting my cardio right. And so, um, there's definitely no substitute. But I definitely like getting on a treadmill or an elliptical or stuff like that. Definitely helps, but not yet. You just got to be in the ring and go.
1: One of the important parts of being a professional wrestler, if you're going to succeed at it, is maintaining a proper diet, uh, especially in the pandemic era that we recently have had happen to us. A lot of wrestlers were struggling with their diet uh, just because of inactivity or uh, depression hitting or things of that nature, their diets change radically. It was hard to maintain it. I noticed a lot more wrestlers in the last several months have sort of up their game when it comes to diet, and they've transformed their bodies back to a more physically fit than they had been in months before this. What is your current diet situation like, and do you have to – Adjusted specifically for professional wrestling. Um, I don't have a, a super specific diet.
2: Um, I still have a sort of a a young man metabolism, so I'm not. I don't really focus too much on what I eat, but more recently, I have been like trying to up the up the amount of protein I take in, and um, along with like um, being more consistent in the gym and stuff like that.
1: But as far as, like, a specific diet, I'm not – I don't really have a specific diet, Um uh, Just on shows that you do, from what you observe, do you see a lot of strange diets being implemented by various wrestlers, guys that are adhering to a certain type of diet that seems a little bit uh, different than the norm? Oh. Um.
2: Not that I can really think of. I'm trying to think. I mean, not really. I feel like everyone, like there are guys that that take it super seriously and they do like more regimented diets and then there are some guys that just kind of are having fun and doing whatever. But there's nothing too strange that I can think of, no.
1: All right. In wrestling, you haven't been around for an extremely long time yet, but we know that in the wrestling industry, a lot of people will develop some rituals when it comes to their wrist tape. We see people that write specific messages on their wrist tape or they uh, draw something on it every time some people – apply their wrist tape in a certain pattern every time, and it has to be that before they're ready to go to the ring. Do you personally have a ritual when it comes to your wrist tape? Um, my, uh, my only
2: specific ritual when it comes to wrist tape is using as little of it as I possibly can because those rolls of wrist tape go very quickly especially when you start giving them out to people to borrow it'll be gone in a single show so I I try to use as little as I can but other than that now sometimes I don't even wear wrist tape I'll forget about it half the time so no but that's about it
1: the disappearing wrist tape that might be the truest thing ever said on this show (laughs) for sure Now, you're based in the Carolinas, and that is a traditionally wrestling-rich area. There's, uh, of course, the historical significance. That's where the Crockett's ran successfully for so long. Independent wrestling has been around in the North Carolina and South Carolina region probably longer than anywhere else. Uh, There's... So many great wrestlers that came out of your area. Do you ever delve into the history of wrestling in that area? Do you try to familiarize yourself with what was there before you? Um,
2: not not too like specifically my area. I'll watch like some older like indie tapes sometimes. Um, Like watching guys like Cedric. Um, Trevor Lee, guys like that, but nothing, nothing too crazy. And of course, like then you go way back and watch, like flow and stuff like that. But no, I don't, I don't think I dedicate too much time to
1: focusing on North Carolina wrestling. One of the more controversial aspects in wrestling in recent years is deathmatch wrestling. We've seen sort of a niche audience rise up that really enjoy death matches. Uh, we see promotions that present nothing but death matches. A lot of companies have specific nights where they do all death match tournaments and that sort of thing. Obviously, it takes quite a bit of wear and tear on a wrestler if they are doing Almost exclusively death matches. What's your personal opinion on death matches in wrestling? Do you think there's a time and a place, or are you not on board with seeing it? Um, there's definitely a time and a place for it. I
0: uh,
1: I enjoy
2: watching death match wrestling occasionally. Not what I enjoy the most about wrestling, but it, it can definitely be fun. I can't really ever see myself doing a death match. Um, That's not really my thing, but it's definitely fun and entertaining to watch, and I definitely have a lot of respect for the people that put themselves through that.
1: One of the other aspects that has seen controversy in the last 10 years or so of pro wrestling as it became more popular was intergender wrestling, there are people that are very much against it. There are a lot of people that are very much for it, and then there are some that are indifferent to intergender matches. Do you have a personal stance when it comes to intergender?
0: Um, Not really.
1: I, I've never done an intergender match,
2: but it's not something I'm against. It's just, I mean, I'm, I see why some people are against it, but I don't really have too strong of an opinion I would do it if there was like a a good reason for me to do it you know what I mean but I uh, I mean I understand why some people don't like it I mean like if we're presenting this as a sport most sports are uh, men's division and women's division so I understand that but then there's also times where there's a there can be a fitting story that you can tell with an intergender match so I see it both ways
1: You said you never had an intergender match, but have you ever done a mixed tag where you teamed up with a female competitor? No, never. I was
2: uh, was supposed to at some point, but uh, card got shuffled, so
1: no, I've never uh, done that. Cards are definitely subject to change. Always. Now, in your career to this point, I'm sure at some point a wrestler has targeted you for a knife-edge chop. Uh, They're extremely popular with the fans, sometimes not so much the wrestlers that seem to take them the most. But to this (laughs) point in time, what has been the hardest knife-edge chop that you've had to endure?
2: That's a good question. I,
1: I myself am a, a very big fan
2: of knife-edge chops. So let me think about this because I've had quite a few. Um, there's one guy, I don't remember his name, but he chopped me really hard. But the one that I can remember the most was um Jackson Drake he He claims, uh, claims go-out trainer and he decided to give me a back job one one match, and it, I, I was stunned legitimately for, for for a little while after that. So that's probably the hardest job I've ever taken.
1: In the area where we live here in the Pacific Northwest, we had a brother duo. They were Buzz and Bart Sawyer. Uh, Buzz Sawyer was probably more famous, and he wrestled in more areas before he passed away than his brother, but his brother Bart also wrestled quite a bit in Memphis and, of course, here in the Pacific Northwest, and I believe in Puerto Rico he had a good run. Are you related at all to the... Sawyers that were mainstays here in our neck of the woods in the Portland and Seattle area. No, no relation. But I,
2: uh, I've, I've watched a little bit of the both Sawyer, so I'm aware. But no,
1: no relation. All right. Uh wrestling on the independent circuit, I'm sure you have noticed that not all rings are the same, and some rings are much better to wrestle in than others. Uh, Some rings you wonder how you survive after you've had a match, just from being in the ring itself, let alone an opponent. You don't have to call anyone out specifically or anything like that, but what was the worst ring that so far you've been in for a match? Um, it was uh I, as soon as you said it I already know what ring I was gonna talk about.
2: Um, love the company. Love wrestling for the company, but the ring was rough. And they got a new ring, so I I guess I can call them that. American Mature Wrestling in Burlington. They they got a new nice little ring now. But their their ring they had for a while, it was rough to bump in for for a long time. But um and we, uh, I've trained in the ring before and the training's the worst. Like at shows, like a lot of the, the adrenaline takes away from how, uh, how stiff a ring can be. But at training, it's like, you, it's like whatever we're doing at training, as long as we're not bumping today, I don't care. Because bumping in that ring can be very painful on some days.
1: It seems to me from my experiences working some lucha shows myself that a lot of times the lucha rings are some of the more hazardous ones. I don't know if it's just because traditionally in lucha libre they used old boxing rings that they converted so they stuck with using rough rings or if it's just another issue unrelated to that, but I Definitely can see an American lucha company having a rough ring. Now, speaking of lucha libre, that style of wrestling in the last 20 years has become very popular within the U.S. uh, ever since WCW started bringing in a lot of the luchadors from Mexico and highlighting them on United States television. Uh, We see a lot of all-Lucha companies, not only in North Carolina, but all over the United States. We've seen Mexican companies do tours of the United States doing Lucha Libre style. What do you think it is about Lucha Libre that has become so popular with American fans?
2: Um, I think it's just really exciting to watch, especially if fans aren't used to it, like, the first time, I mean, obviously, like, Ray Mysterio, but, like, the first time I saw Ray Phoenix wrestle, it was just, like, how is he able to do that kind of stuff? So I think that's a big part of it. Um, it, is just that it's so different than what maybe some fans are used to, but also it's super, like, innovative, so even the fans that have seen a bunch of Lucha Libre, a lot of times you'll see stuff that you've never seen before, and so I think that's a big
1: part of it. Well, at this point in time, my co-host, Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most, has some questions as well, so I'm going to pass things over to him.
0: Hey, Oliver, thanks for coming on. It's an honor to have you on.
2: Absolutely. I appreciate you having me.
0: Yeah, I've been impressed by watching some of your matches. Um, Man, it seems like you held your own against Davey Richards. Uh, Congratulations for that. Thank you. You I appreciate it. it. And, of course, you know, he's got a wide array of moves, and he got you in some pretzel moves. <clears throat> but it looked to me like you ended up getting him in a couple pretzels yourself.
2: Uh, I was trying my best. It was um, definitely one of the biggest uh, learning experiences I've had so far.
0: Yeah, and then I uh, ma- was that really impressed. That
2: more than any. That was okay. be, that Much more than any. I felt like I was, uh, I was in a uh, like really trying to fight for my life in there.
0: Nice. And then uh, I'm really impressed with uh, some of the reversals you got in your repertoire. Uh, I really like those. Appreciate it. The one specifically is when uh, Davey Richards came off the ropes and went to throw a punch at you. You reversed his punch into the DDT. That was badass.
2: Oh, I appreciate it. That's uh, that's like one of the only uh, moves I like came up with by myself. I don't even know how I came yeah, up. Cause, with it. one day. I just I went
0: through a punch yeah because DDT. Because like I I was thinking I was like damn I've never seen that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't okay. do it a whole lot, but I do enjoy doing.
0: All that. right. So, who were some of your heroes growing up?
2: Um, I actually didn't get into wrestling until I was, like, 13 or – I guess I was 13. And um, guys I really liked, like, Seth Rollins was big for me. Kenny Omega was definitely the biggest once I got into Japanese wrestling. Um, But then once I – and Chris Jericho especially. But some of the older guys, I mean, definitely, like, Shawn Michaels, once I started watching the older stuff. Um, Triple H, guys like
0: that. All right, what was some of your most memorable matches that I've seen or that I've had? Uh, that either one, and then of course we know that uh, it's hard to answer with one, so you're welcome to list as many as you want.
2: Um, that, I mean, definitely the Davy Richards match. That was that was big for me. Um, others that I've had. Um, uh, in American, which actually, um, wrestled, uh, Jay Malachi, another guy I trained with, and we had, like, this big no DQ made event, that was a lot of fun, at least looking back on it, that night it wasn't super fun, but looking back on it, it's fun to laugh about some of the stuff that we put ourselves through that night. Um, those are probably the biggest memorable matches that I've had, some of the ones I've seen. I don't even know. Um, (laughs) Definitely some of those first some of those first Japanese wrestling matches I watched. It's just like a whole different world. Like um, like Osprey Okada, watching those
0: two wrestle,
2: was kind of changed everything as far as like me as a fan.
0: Okay, nice. Who's some of your favorite people to work? Um,
2: Jay Malachi is one of them definitely. Um who else? Oh no, there's a I don't really have specific people but like any any person that can sort of like is easy to work with and it's easy to like is more creative than me, I think, makes somebody easy to work with. Because a lot of times I have very specific things and so I'm not like super creative in coming up with new stuff. So if somebody's able to like pull something new out of me then I appreciate working with them.
0: Definitely. All right. And then uh so who did you start training with? Um,
2: Firestar Pro Wrestling in Greensboro,
0: um, with uh,
2: LeBron Cozone. They trained um Griff Garrison who's in uh AEW right now, Marcus Cross who's wrestled for AEW and a few other guys that are still on the come up. But I started training there and then January last year, I actually moved out to Iowa for three months and trained with
0: Seth Rollins. Okay, nice. And then uh, have you been on any shows with Cuball Cuball Carmichael? With who? Cubal Carmichael.
2: I don't think so.
0: Okay. Yeah, he's been a veteran that lives in uh, the Carolinas, so. But uh, okay. I think he's, he's a... He's a police officer now, and uh, I don't think he's doing much wrestling anymore. But if oh, somebody okay. look up, I, I would definitely check into him. He had a decent career. Okay, definitely. And who was some of your toughest opponents?
2: Um, TGA Moss, who he's another guy. He's wrestled for AEW a couple of times. He wrestles for PWX. Um, I wrestled him a couple months ago, and that, that that match was exhausting. I was very tired after that match. Um, Davy Richards was definitely a very tough opponent. Um, on the one hand, but on the other hand, like it was also like, um, like, um, like sort of seamless. Like even though like I'd never met him, I'd never like worked with him. Um, we just kinda got in and got out. We just did what we went in there to do and we got out and everyone was safe, everyone nobody was hurt. It was it was a good night, but but it was definitely a, a tough night,
0: if that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. And then uh so do you have any suggestions for people who'd like to get into the business?
2: Um I mean the the cliche advice i guess is like just work hard but that's really all you can do like and work at your own pace and don't like compare yourself to other people because like that's something super easy to do but it's like a huge mistake because everyone sort of learns and advances at their own pace so you just kind of got to stick to your own grind and not worry about what other people are doing around you
0: exactly all right, and then uh, I'm sure Sign Guy would like to know, uh, if you drink coffee, what's your favorite coffee drink? No, I don't
2: drink coffee. I've had coffee like <laughs> once in my life.
0: Okay. So uh where's some of the places you've worked besides Carolinas?
2: Um, I, I, I've started pretty regularly wrestling in Tennessee. Um, other than that, I've only worked in Virginia one time. Um, I'm looking to get
0: back out there, but that's it,
2: just those three states so
0: far. Have you got to meet Jerry Lawler? I have not. Okay. And I imagine you've been to at least a couple seminars. Um, can you let us know which ones you've been to? Uh, where do I start? Yeah,
2: um, I've been to a couple with uh, Jay Lethal. Those were some of the... the best hours in the ring of training that I've had with Jay Lethal. That guy's incredible. Um, what are some other big ones? I've uh, uh, been to a seminar with um, Ricky Morton. Um, been to a seminar with Davy Richards. With... Well, there's, some, there's another name that's actually... Oh, um, we did a seminar with Shane Strickland. Um, those are some of the bigger ones, but. Nice. That's impressive. Those are definitely, yeah. All right. And then have you been to. Always trying to learn from more people. Always trying to learn from as many people as I can.
0: Exactly. So, uh, have you been to any of the fan fest over there in the Carolinas?
2: Like WrestleKid and stuff like that? Yeah. No, not yet. The, uh, when I started, it was coronavirus time, so I didn't get the uh, – they didn't host it that year. And then this past year, I just – it was like the weekend after Thanksgiving, so I just kind of took that weekend off without doing anything.
0: Okay. So we, well, I would definitely suggest – uh, I would definitely suggest sending them your highlight tape and, you know, maybe taking time for next year and letting them know that you'd uh, – Love to come and work for him and do whatever you need to do to get in there, because uh, I think you should be in there. I think you're a rising oh, yes, star and you're gonna go. You're gonna go far, brother. I appreciate it. All right, and then uh, so uh, how do people get a hold of you?
2: Um, Instagram, Twitter, the Oliver Sawyer, Facebook. That's pretty much it. Um. Yeah, I try to stay active on social media. Sometimes I take sort of breaks, but I'm always on there doing something. What do you got coming up? Um, We got uh, I got Firestar Pro Wrestling this weekend and next weekend. Big show next Sunday, Gate City Battle. We got um, Hit Club Pro is debuting in Greensboro. We got some pretty big names. We got Myron Reed. We got AJ Gray all wrestling on that show. So that's pretty sweet. I think that's March 18th, Greensboro. Um, We actually, I don't even know if I'm technically supposed to say this, but on Monday I'm flying out to LA for a um, New Japan seminar. So that should be
0: fun. Um, But yeah, just sweet. More reps, trying to get um, more reps. That's impressive, man. Keep doing it. All right, sign. uh, I'm good for now.
1: All right, Coach. Well, I will take back the reins in. Well, Oliver, one of the things that a lot of wrestlers need to make sure that they have, and a lot of people will take this for granted and never give it a single thought, is their gear bag. A lot of wrestlers travel quite a bit every week. They're going town to town, oftentimes going hundreds and thousands of miles away from home and then back in a quick succession. So having a proper bag is essential in order to make things easier. Did you put a lot of thought and consideration into gear bags when you first started out? And has anything changed on your opinion of your own gear bag or maybe the brands of gear bags or anything like that? Um, I'm using, I still have the same, uh, gear bag I was using for amateur wrestling, which
2: I'm, uh, every time I like take stuff out or put stuff in, I think about getting a new one, but it just hasn't happened yet. I, um, it's like, it's, um, it's not like a, gym bag it's more of like a book bag but it uh it's super deep and so it fits all the stuff i need but i also lose stuff in it all the time so every time i want to get a new one but i just haven't done it yet
1: al if you were to be in the market and you go out to get a gear bag say tomorrow what would be some of the features and what would be some of the brands of bags that you would be looking at to make sure you had something that was going to work really well? Um, I'm not really sure what brands I would look at, but
2: features definitely, like, different like different pockets or, like, sections because I try to, like, separate um, my stuff. Like, I try to put my shoes in one section, or like pocket, and then um, like clean gear in a different pocket, because try to keep the the bad smells away from the good smells.
1: Oh, as someone that has been around for a couple of years now, and has worked in a few places, you've probably come to realize that referees can vary greatly on the independence in terms of skill sets and abilities and so forth, especially at the independent level. There's so many out there with a vast array of different trainings and experience levels and so forth. Who are some Mm -hmm. of the better referees in your area that you think might deserve more credit than what they get?
2: Um. He doesn't referee anymore, but um, Warbeard, he refereed my first match and made it so much easier for me. Like he was talking to me the whole time. He kept checking on me. So Warbeard, even though he doesn't referee anymore, shout out to Warbeard. Um, Kevin Pierce, he referees for PWX. He um, he refereed my match with Davy Richards. Another guy always checking on me. Super helpful. Shout out to those two in particular, but there are lots of great referees in this area.
1: I always tell young wrestlers that are starting out that one of the things that will serve them well is to learn all of the aspects of the wrestling business so they can step into any type of role that a company might need at any given time and be able to handle it. Do you study or train in any of the other aspects? Do you uh, kind of watch what the referees do or the ring announcers or the caller commentators, things like that, just in case down the road that spot would open up for you? Well, actually, I have a funny story. One
2: time I was was in New Jersey. um, I was just with, uh, just kind of at the show I wasn't booked And they needed they needed a referee And I had never refereed a match But they offered me to referee And I was like sure I'd love to help um, Apparently I'm not a very good referee Because I got back to the back And everybody was immediately telling me What I needed to do better as a referee And never have I come back After one of my matches And the referee got crit- critiqued More than I did so I don't think refereeing is gonna be in my future, but aside from that I really um I think I think I'd really be interested in doing commentary. because um, I think I think there's uh good commentary is super important um to help present a wrestling match. And so I definitely like not necessarily study commentary, but I take note of like good commentators on the Indies and like uh on T V and stuff
1: like that. Now, just to play devil's advocate, sometimes when you get a lot of critiques like that, it's because they see potential in what you're doing, and they're trying to help you reach that by pointing out the things that need tightening up. So it's not always a negative if they critique a match like that. Very uh, When I go to North Carolina... I always go to work at Gouge, which is gimmicks-only underground grappling entertainment based in Raleigh, North Carolina. They are a family-friendly, more comedy-based promotion that has been around for many, many years in North Carolina. Have you ever had an experience yet with Gouge? I'm not,
2: I am not. I've heard of them. I know you're talking about, but I've not wrestled with them yet. I want to because... I live like 10 minutes away from Raleigh, so it would be a nice little drive, but I've not yet wrestled for them.
1: I would definitely recommend them as a place to go. Um, The Infinite Man T.I.M., he Mm -hmm. started out at Gouge. He, even last year, was Gouge heavyweight champion.
2: I was about to say, I think he still wrestles there from time to time.
1: Yes, he still does from time to time. In fact, uh, he and I were in the same match the last time I was there. It was a uh, a rumble-style match, so we weren't in there at the exact same time, but the same match.
2: Okay, nice, nice.
1: Yeah, Tim's another uh, one guy that I'd really love to work. Absolutely. He is a fantastic performer as is his trainer, Seymour Snot. So if you ever get to work with Seymour Snot, I'd recommend that as well. Now, the state of wrestling at the national level as we see it right now is really good. There's a lot of promotions out there on national television. You have impact wrestling. You have Ring of Honor, you have AEW, you have WWE, all doing things at a national level, which means there's a lot of uh, quality jobs out there for pro wrestling. But on the independent level, there's still a lot of great independent wrestling out there, but one of the jobs that you don't see as much because they don't use it as much at the national level, which means it trickled down to the independents, is the role of manager. There still are some good managers out there, but they are less common than they were probably before you were even born. But have you come across many good managers out there that should get more credit than what they do?
2: Um, yeah, um, uh uh, ben Grayson, who's actually also a really good referee but he um he manages um the our Firestar star heavyweight champion t d t and was a thorn in my side when i tried to wrestle Kevin, and t d t but he's a really good manager um other than that like i can't even think of that many managers um that are that i i come across regularly. Definitely something that isn't utilized as often as it used to be, but definitely Ben Grayson is a very good manager.
1: Well, I believe Coach has a couple more things for us. I'm going to pass things back over to Coach.
0: Okay. Okay. Thank hey, you. Oliver. Oliver, we had a question um, from uh, we had a question from somebody that uh, Sign Guy knows pretty well. His name's Kurt Ferris. He wants to know if you're a fan of the song. By Rush, named Tom Sawyer. No, I don't I don't I don't think I know the song. Okay, that's definitely one to check out. It's pretty awesome, and they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of oh. Fame. So, and then other than that, uh, I'm not sure. Have you have you uh, checked out Buzz Sawyer in the past? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, I was definitely going to suggest checking him out. And also Bart Sawyer, that uh, sign guy mentioned. And um, Mm -hmm. I'd love to see you at Cauliflower Alley one day in Vegas. And also at Heroes and Legends in uh, Indiana. It would be nice to see you go there one day.
2: Okay, you said Heroes and Legends?
0: Yeah, Heroes and Legends in uh, Indiana. Normally they have them in Fort Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay. I've been been there three times. I've been there three times. I've had the uh, pleasure to be there with the sign guy once, and uh, it's really a great uh, show and a great night and a lot of legends there.
2: Nice, sounds good. And,
0: and of course, we'd love, we'd both love to see you uh, get a chance to wrestle Seymour Snot one day. That would be. Um, and then, be are, are you familiar with Ryan Riley? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. I'd like to see you wrestle him someday too. That'd be a great, great match. I'm sure.
2: Yeah, actually, um, I wrestled. He's in a tag team called New Age villains. I wrestled against them one time. Okay,
0: nice. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah. We so, uh, you know,
2: me and my what partner, was the, we, didn't, we didn't come up though number one that night. But
0: so, so who is you and your part uh, your partner? So I can look it up.
2: Um, I don't even remember his name because he was another
0: guy under a mask.
2: But okay, it was, um, it was for Elevation Pro Wrestling.
0: But Elevation. Yeah, okay. I want a
2: rematch with a with an actual good partner. Cause, uh, all right, cool.
0: That night. All right. Well, I want to wish you all the continued success in the world, brother. And you just keep going.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you. You welcome. thank. Well, Oliver, one of the things that we've seen a lot over the last few years, especially in the COVID era that uh, we've lived through recently, is live streaming of shows, especially on the independent level. A lot of companies took to live streaming essentially training shows just to have content to keep their name out there so fans didn't forget that they existed. Um, A lot of times there were no fans whatsoever. Sometimes there would be very limited Mm -hmm. people in there. But we saw more and more companies doing this, and as technology has caught up, a lot of companies very easily can live stream their shows so fans anywhere can follow along with the product and then hopefully travel out to see a live show, buy merchandise, that type of thing. There are people that think live streaming ultimately hurts independent wrestling because people will choose to stay at home and watch for free rather than pay a fee to get a ticket and watch in person. Do you think, based on what you've seen in your own career, that live streaming is ultimately more helpful or ultimately more hurtful for independent pro wrestling?
2: Definitely more helpful. More eyes on any promotion is definitely always a positive. I think the the fans that want to see that promotion that are local will most of the time go to the shows. But people that aren't local that still want to see the product, they have that chance with live streaming. So I definitely think it's a positive.
1: How you yourself are still fairly new to the wrestling business, but I'm sure much like you were saying earlier about refereeing, you've gotten advice from some of the more veteran people in the locker rooms that you share with on shows. What would you say has been some of the best advice that's been given to you so far? Um.
2: That's hard because there's, you know, everyone always gives me advice, and so I I think I think the best advice that I've gotten is from Jay Lethal, um, who said that not not all advice is good advice. Um, but I think uh, that definitely like helped the most because like. As, like, someone new in the business, everybody's always trying to give advice, and so trying to figure out which people I should listen to and which people I should just say, thank you all, think about that, you know, it's um,
1: definitely been helpful. Now, someone like yourself that has come out of the amateurs, uh, you've I'm sure worn amateur shoes on the mats for the amateur competitions, but in professional wrestling, in the last several years, amateur shoes have become more common for professional wrestlers that, especially if they had amateur backgrounds, just felt more comfortable in them. Um, A lot Mm of wrestlers really hate seeing amateur shoes, and especially if someone uses just regular tennis shoes to wrestle. A lot of people feel that boots not only have more protection, but they also are the traditional look that people paying want to see out of the professional wrestlers. Do you have a personal preference as far as what footwear gets worn in your matches?
2: Um. Yeah, I've never worn a pair of wrestling
1: boots. So I...
2: I know uh, some people aren't aren't a fan of uh, me saying that, but no, I've never worn wrestling boots. I've only ever worn amateur shoes in matches. Um, as far as, like, people wearing, like, sneakers or tennis shoes, I'm not, like, a super big fan of that, but if it makes sense for what they're trying to present, then that's sort of their, their own decision, you know. But, no, I, uh, I'm definitely an amateur wrestling shoe kind of guy.
1: A lot of people swear that it is more protective as far as their ankles go than the traditional wrestling boot. So I definitely want people to feel more comfortable. So, yeah, that's what you trust to protect your feet and your ankles. And by all means, I think that's what you should wear. Most now, we've definitely. talked a little bit about your training, but you at this point have come across several different people, which means you've come across uh, several different training schools, for lack of a better term, uh, people that have been trained at various places. If someone came to you today and they asked advice on where to go to get trained for professional wrestling, What are some of the schools you would most recommend based on what you've seen out of maybe not even the school directly, but out of the people that have come from there?
2: Um, Definitely uh, Firestar Pro Wrestling Training Academy and Black and Brave Training Academy. Those are both top-notch schools that I'd recommend to anybody. Other than that, um. I mean, uh, so the guys that I've seen come out of uh, Cody Road Nightmare Factory have all been super good. Um, that's definitely that's definitely like another top school. But, and uh, there's actually um, CWA in North Carolina. Um, they they have a bunch of good guys come out of there. So those would be the ones I'd say.
1: Now, if someone were to come to you and they were already starting their wrestling training, but they wanted advice on things that they should know as a rookie, the do's and the don'ts, be it in the locker room or just in order to maintain professionalism, with promoters or even things to do on the road or in the ring and things to avoid in those situations, what is some of the advice you would have for someone just getting underway?
0: Um,
2: I mean, I think a big thing is, like, showing up on time because so many people don't show up on time. So it's almost like showing up on time. a lot of times can like make you stand out because so many people don't show up on time so that's a big thing I'd say other than that just like do do the job that you're there to do like don't try to do something or like be something you're not you know what I mean
1: absolutely I can understand that obviously you're still a fairly new to the wrestling business, a couple of years, isn't a very long time at all in this industry. What are some of the areas in the United States where you've not gone that would most interest you to go for wrestling?
2: Um, I definitely want to wrestle on the West Coast. I feel like there's a a lot of uh, companies over there that are killing it right now. So I'd love to wrestle, like in, in California, Vegas, stuff like that. Um, other than that, that's really like the most specific one. But I mean, definitely like all all northern wrestling crowds are really fun. They like just seeing some good wrestling. So I think those two would be like the main areas that I'm trying to trying to wrestle at right now.
1: Oh, wrestling! Right before the pandemic hit us was starting to become more and more popular in Europe, and they were bringing in more Americans than at any point I can remember for different European companies. Ohio Valley Wrestling Mm -hmm. in Kentucky actually opened up a sister company in Romania, believe it or not, right before the pandemic started. Is going to Europe for wrestling something that you've ever given thought to before?
2: Um, definitely. I didn't know that about OVW. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, um, I definitely, like, I love watching, like, some of the, like, I like a lot of progress right before the pandemic. Um, lots of British wrestling. Um, definitely a lot of European wrestling that's really good. Guys like Tyler Bay, Walter, that came out of, like, the the European scene definitely like I definitely want to get over there at some point but I wouldn't say it's necessarily like a big goal like I wouldn't be disappointed or upset if it never happened but it'd be something that interests me.
1: Another big promotion that opened up overseas is Qatar Pro Wrestling. They're in the Middle Eastern country of Qatar, and they would bring in a lot of American names off of television, and then they would also bring in people from the independent scene from both the United States and Europe, uh, I believe some Japanese independents to fill out the cards. Would you ever be interested if you got the call from a Middle Eastern company to go wrestle?
2: Definitely. I'd definitely be interested to wrestle any and everywhere I can.
1: All right. Well, Oliver Sawyer, we are down to the last few minutes of the show today, and I want to make sure that you have ample time to plug and promote anything you would like, social media, upcoming events, merchandise, your favorite bookstore, anything that you would like, anything you would like to say to the listeners, go right ahead. Um, Like I was saying earlier,
2: we got got uh, Firestar Pro Wrestling in Greensboro, this Sunday or next Sunday. So if you're um, in the area, come check us out. Uh, Hit Club Pro. Like I said, hold on. I'm actually gonna check the date. I think it's March 18th. That's starting up in Greensboro. And March yeah March 18th. Um, they plan on uh, being more of a traveling company. So I think they wanna they wanna run in some other towns. So that would definitely be fun. Um, that's pretty much. I mean, social media. The Oliver Sawyer. Um, Follow me, please. I need more followers everywhere. Um, but other than that, that's pretty much it. I'm just,
1: just out here trying to get more reps everywhere I can. So. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. We greatly appreciate you taking time to join us, and hopefully our paths will cross at some point somewhere. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me once again. All right, fans, definitely check out Oliver Sawyer on the YouTubes. He's a fantastic wrestler. He's going to be doing big things, I think, in the next couple of years. So get familiar with him early and get on that bandwagon. Coach, what have we got coming up here?
0: Well, you can reach me at Coach Mike Jones on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out the NGW Green Room and the Real School Army. And yes, we got an exciting schedule coming up. We got short Steve Sampson this Sunday. Then on the twenty fifth, we got Sweet Daddy Jones. On the twenty seventh, we got real school army member Moondog Ace making his debut. In March, Tim Simmons on Friday the first. No, I'm sorry. On March, we got J D. Burns on Friday the fourth. And his wife, Skyler, they make their bare-knuckle fighting debut at Tampa Bay, Florida, at the fairgrounds. JD's going for the 165 title, and Skylar Burns is making her debut. And on March 6th, we got Shorty P, and I'm sure you got some words for Shorty P, right?
1: You punched him in my face on Christmas Day in a cage match, folks. Who does that?
0: I know. I'm going to have to let him know. I'm going to give him the rag doll next time I see him. <laughs> and then on uh, March 11th We've got Stephen New We're excited about that one If you have to st-
1: sue Use Stephen P. New.
0: Exactly Then March 13th Caden Cassidy Heels for Hire Then March 18th Buck Sexton March 20th The King of Connecticut Matthew Granahan March 25th The Cool Hills With Richard Sincere and Eric Wright. March 27th, we got Nikki Six from the Suicide Kings. And we have a big April that we just finished booking today. We got Friday, April 1st, like I said, Tim Simmons. And, we, and we're just proud to announce that we just booked for Sunday, April 3rd, the Strohmeister, Rob Kellum. April 8th, we have Bill Anderson. April 10th, we got the legendary Leatherface, Tony Myers. The 15th, we got, who do we got on the 15th there, sign?
1: We have Demetra Winged
0: She-Cat. Exactly. I'm excited about having her on. Then another big star, rising star coming up, second generation's own, Jenny Santana. World Grappling and uh, national grappling champion. And then uh, on April 22nd, we got Adonis Staples, April 24th, Mustang Mike, April 29th, Brad Bad, and we're already working on May.
1: Absolutely. It's going to be an exciting couple of months for sure. And we're looking forward to it. Jump on the Book of Faces, go to the Turnbuckle Turmoil page. You can find all of the links to the shows, so you'll be abreast of who is coming on next. Like Coach said, Sunday we have Short Sleeve Sampson, legendary competitor and promoter. Runs his own company, and he has used some of the people you've heard on this. So make sure you're with us for Sunday. And then also a week from today, we'll be right at you in You'll be hearing the sounds of Sweet Daddy Jones, who we have to find out and confirm if he's related to Coach Mike. He might be. We'll find out. <laughs> Keep
0: up with But the jokes, as we baby. wrap things
1: up today, um, well, Coach, you have anything else?
0: Uh, yeah, don't forget to check out Sign of the Times. Uh, you're up to 519 now, aren't you?
1: Indeed, yes, and I'm waiting on word from my botany expert to find out what that undisclosed plant was from a couple of weeks ago. Beast Barnett has a lot of botany-related questions he has to answer. It takes him a bit of time sometimes.
0: And what about your social medias?
1: Um, You can follow me on the Twitter, but not literally, Coach. That's creepy, at Sangai hbw, <laughs> the Book of Faces. Look up Sangai. You can find me there. The Instagram you can find me there and also you can follow chicken Bob on all of his social medias coach
0: definitely I'm a
1: big follower is absolutely not literally he doesn't look around and you're hiding behind a plant or something
0: no nope, but we got something in common he's been coast-to-coast coast, just like myself
1: that is true that is very true but um as we wrap it up today once again, we have the unfortunate duty to let people know we lost someone from professional wrestling this week. Mickey Henson, who refereed under that name, as well as Mickey J, passed away this week. He was a very long-time professional referee. He worked for both WCW and the WWF. Uh, he was a territorial Referee, worked a lot in the Florida Territory, worked a lot on the Independence. officiated Kevin Sullivan's last match as an active wrestler to this point. Uh, Very beloved member of the wrestling community. So as we sign off today, we will do the honorary tin bell salute to Mickey Henson.